What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to us through. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, the NFL Draft kicks off on Thursday night, so we'll discuss what both the Rams and Seahawks' needs are as well as what we think could happen in the first round happening tomorrow. In the NBA 3 in the Key segment, we'll talk about Anthony Davis returning to the lineup for the Lakers, the rejuvenation of the New York Knicks, and the MVP race now that we are coming towards the end of the NBA regular season. All this and more on episode 192 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 192 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and boy, do we got a lot to get to tonight. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's all good. NFL draft week just feels like it came up like out of nowhere. Yes, so, yes. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to rock. Yes, we we've taken a a break a, a bit from from the NFL as we let the dust settle from free agency. But we draft gotta... week is, draft week is always a good week for Seahawks fans. <laughs> It's it, a, this is some this is something we do well it's it's a good week for for really any any fan because yeah. the draft is always full of surprises and hope and hope yes always hope uh but real quick tyler you mentioned it last week i i'm surprised you didn't bring it up when we were talking before we started recording we got to talk about this uh usman masvidal knockout because yeah so whoa. yeah I mean. so I've, I've, been, I've had i've had I've had severe PTSD from watching those fights because I don't do well with, with breaks. And oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So had, I've, I've almost blocked. Yeah. I've, I've, I basically completely blocked these fights from my mind, but we, we got to talk about it real quick. Um, uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith first fight on the main card. Uh, he kicked a dude so hard in his leg that it, it did severe uh, nerve damage. And oh, so there was another his... leg injury besides the actual like broken leg. Yeah. Yes. So oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah. So it like the first one was like not as bad. Like the dude's leg was just like limp. Like he was trying to walk and it, like it wasn't working right. It looked really weird. It wasn't like nasty or nothing. But um, so that was like a weird start. And then the very next fight, boom, broken leg, and and as nasty as they come and. Chris Weidman is actually the guy 
um, that dethroned Anderson Silva when he was on his, you know, goat rampage. Yeah. And Anderson Silva actually broke his leg in a very similar fashion. Yeah, that's won. exactly what I thought of when that happened. Yeah. Um, super disgusting. I definitely don't <laughs> recommend watching it. I legitimately almost threw up. Well, like, it's because you it didn't was... even you, – you heard the crack, like, with the well, kick, and you didn't know it was broke until he planted his leg and – yeah, oh, so, well, the, yeah, I'll let your imagine, even, t- imagination take over. Yeah, and then so Shevchenko, she's arguably she's probably the number two women's fighter in the world uh, outside of Amanda uh, Shevchenko. She she defended her belt, and then Thug Rose came in and won the belt against uh, Wang. She, she did the damn thing. She and uh, she's the first. Uh, the first fighter, the first woman's fighter in UFC history to lose a belt and then regain it. Wow. So that's big time. Um, Quite the redemption story. Yeah, she's a huge, she's a huge fan favorite. And then, like you said, the Uzman Masvidal fight. I love both these fighters. Masvidal's a G. Um, But Uzman is the pound for pound best right now. They just put him, they just replaced John Jones with Kamara Uzman as pound for pound best fighter. He's been on a tear. He's a great he's a great champion because he's active. He keeps fighting, keeps putting that belt up for grabs. Jorge's a basketball's a G, but goddamn, Usman threw his fist through his face. I mean, that punch, it's like the punch landed like a foot behind his forehead. It you know was I mean? like unreal. He, he, it was uh it was a great great knockout. I mean, that's what that's what the fans come to see. And it was it was a weird card because all five of the main card fights played a total of seven rounds. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So, so so quick quick fights. Um, but obviously Usman delivered. Dana says he's got Colby uh Colby Covington up next uh for the rematch. But um Nico, Nico believes that if Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards, shout out Nick Millie that uh Usman will will want Nate because Usman doesn't want to fight Colby. Well, and I think isn't Connor trying to get into something? Yeah, um yes, he is. Connor Connor's trying to call Usman, but Connor's already got a fight lined up. So that's going to be a fight away. You yeah. know what I mean? So we'll we'll see what happens with the Connor fight, what happens with the Nate fight. As of right now, Usman's going with Colby, which I don't mind cuz I I love watching Colby get beat up. So that's all good, but I know that's not the fight Usman wants. Yeah, but I mean, watching that knockout—that was, was one great. of the one of the, one of the cleanest best. knockouts I've ever seen in my life. One of the best. Went straight to sleep. Went straight to sleep. But yeah, and that and that dude, that dude grew up, fucking, you know, fighting in the backyard. So yeah, it's not not he's never been finished like that. Yeah, but all right, like I said. We got a lot to get to with the NFL draft. And before we do that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've 
Deporte. Like we were saying in the intro, it's it's been quite some time since we talked uh, a full segment dedicated to the NFL. We, we kind of let the dust settle from free agency, but the draft is here. It starts tomorrow. It's currently Wednesday, uh, April 28th at 7.32 p.m., just to give you a timestamp, just in case any trades break down or, or, or any breaking news uh, comes across the wire during during the time while we're recording. Uh, we'll obviously give that to you in real time. Uh, but, Tyler, why don't you just break it down real quick and, and give, like, the first 15 picks so so the the audience can kind of get get some some flavor of what what the draft is going to look like to start out tomorrow night in the first round. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. Um, so the first five, we're going uh, Jacksonville, New York, Jets, uh, San Francisco, Atlanta, Cincinnati. The, in the top five, I think Atlanta might be the one to kind of move around. Uh, the next five, we've got the Dolphins, the Lions, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Cowboys. And then after that, we go Giants, Eagles, Chargers, Vikings. And then at number 15, the most intriguing team of the draft to me, the New England <laughs> Patriots. Oh, we'll get we'll get to the Patriots. But uh, this year's draft, Tyler, the, the 2021 draft, uh, I feel like it's been one of the most talked about drafts for the past few years because obviously Clemson's Trevor Lawrence was going to be eligible and, and coming out for for the draft. And we all know he's going to be the number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Tyler, after that, it's a complete mystery. Now, over the past few weeks and months, every other quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence has flip-flopped back and forth as being named the second-best quarterback prospect in the draft. Obviously, most notably, um, what are you doing, Tyler? Are you writing stuff down? Nope. Oh, I just hear, like, it sounds like a pencil. Oh, I think it's my, my microphone's, like, laying on my shoulder. Ah, all right. We're no good. worries. No worries. I'm, I'm, up, I'm upright. All right, cool. Uh, But, like I was saying, so – Every other quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence has really been named the second best quarterback prospect in this draft at one point or another during this prospect uh, process. Obviously, yeah. most notably, Ohio State's Justin Fields has fallen the furthest in most people's eyes, I think. And BYU's Zach Wilson and North Dakota State's Trey Lance have both, I think, rose the most in terms of stock. Do the Jets go with one of those guys? Obviously, there are rumors that the 49ers are now set with Alabama's Mac Jones at three. But like I said, who knows what's going to happen? Tyler, you yeah. mentioned that there are rumors that the Patriots could trade up into the top 10 to get Justin Fields. And in my opinion, if the rest of the NFL decides they just want to give Justin Fields to Bill Belichick on a silver platter, that's their own bed that they have to sleep in, but I think that would be the biggest mistake for every other team around the league. There's also rumors that the Pats might trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and work out a new contract extension for him. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned Atlanta at number four as being a team that could potentially move around. Julio Jones is now on the trade block in Atlanta, and I believe Matt Ryan is as well. 
Julio can't officially be traded until June 1st if Atlanta wants to save the most amount of money, but maybe they work out some sort of handshake agreement with another team in the top 10, top 15, where it's like, hey, we'll trade you Julio and Matt for your first this year and the next two years, but just draft this guy for us and we'll we'll make this official on June 1st kind of thing. But that makes Atlanta now have or that now have that now makes it so Atlanta has two first round picks this year because they also have the fourth overall pick. If they can work out uh, a draft pick for another top 10, top 15 pick for Julio Jones or, and Matt Ryan or some sort of combination thereof, they, there could be some fireworks with that. Then there was news today that the Panthers and Broncos executed a trade where Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, goes to Denver for a sixth-round pick, and both teams keep their top ten picks. So Carolina's at eight, Denver's at nine, and I think both could still be in the market for a quarterback depending on how it all shakes out. Obviously, in Denver, they have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater – fighting for the starting position but there's clearly a rotating chair for that number one spot in Denver so why not bring a rookie in if you're John Elway and then in Carolina yes you just traded for Sam Darnold but who knows what Sam Darnold's going to bring to the table we we didn't really see much in New York but he wasn't really given much in New York uh so we could see Carolina also pick a quarterback at eight and then we haven't even gotten to the wide receivers like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Jamar Chase. Where does does Kyle Pitts and end up going in the top five? Does someone actually take a tight end in the top five, Tyler? Like I feel like we are in for a wild ride tomorrow night. And with this first round of the draft, there there's been so much talk about all the potential moves that could happen. I mean, I just laid out a whole hodgepodge spread of different <laughs> scenarios. That, yeah. that could happen like do you have any idea what's going to go down like what what's going to happen what what's yeah i'm going to pretend like i do uh, <laughs> please because i have sure. no we, idea what's going to happen well see i think i don't remember if it was this year's nba draft or last year but it had kind of that same feeling and then nobody made moves i don't know if you remember that yeah i think it but was it, this year it, honestly yeah i think it was this i think it was this year too you know they had the Either way, I think I do think that there's potential um, for movement, but I also know that it's pretty hard to to execute those deals. I think that the Atlanta Falcons and the and the New England Patriots have the most potential to move, uh, just because of their place in the draft and what they need. I'm gonna say this: I think that I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I tweeted about the Justin Fields to New England and basically said like the nfl is fucked if they let that happen no i i did see i did see your tweet but i I, i've been thinking the same thing the whole time yeah yeah no and a lot of people have because in my mind justin fields is the clear number two he's been the number two for the last four years his i think that trajectory from being the the number two prospect behind trevor lawrence for so long and him sliding down so much it makes no sense to me, Tyler. What what gives with well, that? I think I think what it is is around draft time you just get the you're trying to find like that that other guy. You know what I mean? Like 
you get too caught up in the hype. You maybe watch Zach Wilson's like last year. You see Trey Lance's like upside, his age. Um, but I think that that stuff is more smoke in the mirrors than someone like Justin Fields, who's been at this elite level for the last four or five years, even in high school. So to me, Justin Fields is the number two. I think that I, I, I'm really, I'm hoping that the, I think the Jets are going to go with Zach Wilson. I think that that's all but guaranteed. I think that's so a I mistake. Think, I th- yeah, I do too. I, and so what I was going to say is, I, I do, I think that the, I think the Niners are going to fuck up and take Mac Jones. <laughs> and what, what I love about, I, I'm, I'm all about, like, I would love, I'll love to see the Jets and the Niners fuck this up. I, I, I think so. that they're, I think, I think both those teams are going to mess it up um, just thinking too much. You know, Justin Fields, I think, is the clear cut. Um, the Niners, the Niners, I think they've got a little more wiggle room because they still have Garoppolo. But if they take Mac Jones and think that's your guy, I'm just not a fan of Alabama quarterbacks. The dude was insanely accurate. But if you know anything about college football, I mean, his plays are just made for him. He's got the best supporting cast in college football. It's easy to throw to the open guy. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe that it's going to go Lawrence, Wilson, Jones. And I think that the, the Niners and the Jets are really going to lose in this scenario. Trey Lance is intriguing. There's not, a lot of, there's not a lot out on this kid. He's only 20 years old. He's a cold-weather quarterback. So he, he could – I think him and Justin Fields, either one of those guys could flip out of the top 15. I, you know, I that's – we. Go ahead. No, well, I just Justin Fields slipping out of the top fifteen it makes no sense to me. Trey Lance, that's fine. I mean, realistically, two months ago you wouldn't have put Zach Wilson and Trey Lance in the same sentence as Trevor Lawrence, but now people have been for yeah. the last week, realistically. And I mean it's been it's been crazy. But I mean, we've seen I think the writing on the wall with San Francisco trading up to the number three slot. To take a quarter, a quarterback. Yeah, to take yeah. a quarterback. And then with the rumors of the Patriots maybe trying to work out a deal for Jimmy G, we, we saw that writing on the wall when the trade happened for San Francisco going at moving up to number three. Like we thought, like, wow, this is the perfect time for Bill Belichick to swoop in yeah. for Jimmy yep. G. And then there's these rumors. Apparently, these rumors are coming from the same guy that uh called Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. I'm trying to get his name right now. Someone sent me the tweet. Um, Dale Arnold. Uh, he's the host of NHL Bruins on Nesson, so he's clearly huh. uh, he's clearly tuned like tuned in to to what's going on up in Boston and and the New England area. But I mean, it's this has been one of the craziest. I yeah. think so. So I think Atlanta. I, I think it's going to be really hard to move Julio Jones. Now, the, if, well, they better get if, a lot back for Julio Jones. If he yeah, ends up going for like a fourth I, or a sixth round pick, like, and no, their team's like, how we could have been in on this. I See, I think that Baltimore is probably the best trading spot um, as far as Julio Jones goes. But ultimately, I don't think Julio's going to get moved. I don't think Matt Ryan's going to get moved. So at number four, I they they can go Kyle Pitts and just I mean that offense is going to be. Do you really think unreal. Kyle Pitts goes in in the top five? 
I think, yeah, I definitely do. I, I, I just believe that with Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Smith, he is a better receiving option than all three of those guys. Interesting. So if, if you need a receiving guy, which, you know, you see how valuable tight ends are. Yeah. I, he, he's the one. And, uh, but I don't, but I ultimately believe the Falcons are going to move this pick. And I think that the Patriots are probably the number one um, option to move into that fourth, that fourth pick. Um, now, because I believe that the Falcons don't need offense, they need defensive players. So Falcons could, could move back in the draft, get a good defensive player at 15. Uh, New England moves up to four. And if, if they've got Jimmy G on the trading blocks at number four, maybe they go receiver. Because we know, you know, we know that that team is, is lacking the receiver. Right. They definitely well, need they, weapons still too, but quarterback if, is if still they, a question. If they get, if the, if New England gets number four, they could also go quarterback if they don't get Jimmy G. And that could be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I do think it would be Justin Fields, but that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, a long shot. Cincinnati Bengals, I think they're for sure taking a receiver. They need weapons uh, for their young quarterback, Joe yeah. Burrow. Or, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, I think, are the best fit for Kyle Pitts. I think that of they're at six, and I think if I think Kyle Pitts at Miami is probably the most realistic pick. Now, I know I just said that they'd be in top five. He's a better receiver receiving choice than these other guys. Uh, well, and the Bengals, the Bengals might also mean, try and go line to to try and protect Burrow. So. Yeah, I just think that the receiving the receivers are too good to pass up on this year. Those top three guys are studs. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and so then moving down, like the next interesting pick, Carolina. I don't think they're going to go quarterback. I've seen a lot of mock drafts to having Carolina take a quarterback, but um, you know, there's a lot of wide receivers. If one of those top guys drops, Devonte Smith might drop because of his size. That could be if, a good pick for Carolina. If I'm Carolina, uh, but, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't go quarterback. I would try and see what yeah. Sam Darnold gives you, and, and try and build around him, and, and give him a weapon or two with this yeah, draft. So, so Carolina not going quarterback is what could push Trey Lance or Fields out of the top fifteen, because they're kind of the other bubble team that might. You know, Denver's not taking a quarterback. Dallas isn't taking a quarterback. The Giants got a young quarterback. Now the Eagles at twelve—that's the next interesting thing because they said they've got an open competition uh, with with Jalen Hurts. So Eagles, maybe if they if they've got a guy that they like, um, I have a hard time seeing them take Trey Lance just because he went to the same school as Carson Wentz. <laughs> I was just like, about to—I literally was just about to say like, do you think they take Trey Lance nah, even though he went to I North don't. Dakota State? <laughs> but it's like if, if if Justin Fields is there at twelve for Philadelphia, that could be an intriguing pick. Uh, Chargers are not going to go quarterback. No. Vikings aren't going to go quarterback. And then at 15, we have New England. And so if New England's sitting there at, and, and they don't move up and they're sitting there and Trey Lance or Justin Fields is there, I think they, they go quarterback. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is going to be interesting. I think that Kyle Pitts goes somewhere between four and six. Um, if if the Falcons move the number four pick, we could see four quarterbacks go the first four picks. Can you? Re- but I think. Well, I was go gonna ahead. say, can you remember a time where we've had this much discourse about like top quarterbacks to where 
there has been so much change in the rankings because obviously at the end of well, the day, I think Baker at, Mayfield, you know that yeah. that class, yeah, Baker Baker was never really the number one guy. It was I think Sam Darnold was kind of just always that. I think it was Sam Darnold. It, it, that was Baker, the Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh I thought, Allen class. I thought Baker was the Mahomes class. No, Mahomes is Watson and Mitch Trubisky. Right. I think right, right. it was. I think yeah. So I think the Baker class was like one that. Yeah. Obviously, Baker wasn't the number one guy, and it kind of stirred it up. And there was four quarterbacks that went. It was yeah. It was Lamar, Josh Allen, yep. Rosen, yep. Sam Darnold. Yeah. So that that was a similar. That's kind of the vibes that we're getting here, and we saw Lamar Jackson slip all the way to thirty-two. And just like I said, you could see Trey Lance or Justin Fields drop out of the top 15 purely because of the teams that are picking. There's not a lot of need for quarterback outside of those top three picks. Who do you um, say? So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. Who do you think is most likely to have that Aaron Rodgers moment where they they slip when Justin Fields? You, you think it's Justin? I do. I do. It, 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 as crazy as it sounds. Uh, I think the the NFL teams are fucking up, and, and I agree. I, I I I believe that he has a chance to be the best quarterback out of the class, not even number two. I mean, I, Justin Fields can do it all. He, he's a completely well-rounded quarterback. It's 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 crazy to me that he's dropped out of the number two spot. But whatever team gets him, it's going to be a steal. I I know nothing of Justin Fields off the field, in the locker room, or anything like that. But I have no idea what he has done to slide as as much yeah. as he has. Like he, well, it's like Mac Jones. He's had off field issues. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's 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 weird to me too. I think it just goes back to this. You know, people want what's new and hot, and they kind of forget the the consistent guy that's always there. Similar to like MVP fatigue. You know, it's just like. I don't know what it is, but just because the dude's been ranked so high for so long, you want to try to chip away at him. Fields was on the QB1 Netflix show. No, Fields is, I mean, he is a stud. I I do. I'm a really big fan of his. I think Mac Jones is the worst of the five. Mac Jones, to me, screams, you know, Blaine Gabbert, (laughs) Mitch Trubisky, you Josh know, Rosen. speaking of yeah. uh, Alabama quarterbacks, he screams Greg McElroy. But Greg McElroy was like a sixth round pick. Well, I'm just thinking you know, of shitty you know, Alabama quarterbacks that, in the NFL. But that, and you're right to do that because I think that Alabama quarterbacks, it's just like, it's just tough to take those guys. They have the best offensive line. They got the most talented skilled players. They have the best defense. It's like, it's pretty no, – I'm not going to say it's easy to play quarterback for Alabama, but compared to the rest of the universities in this country, it's the easiest job in the country. No, I mean, listen, there, there's always that mock debate where people say, oh, could Alabama beat the worst team in the NFL? And it's like, no, but Alabama no. is still playing with NFL-level talent, yes. But no, they couldn't yeah. beat the an NFL team. Yeah, we're talking about kids versus men. So, right. Uh, in a physical game, but I, you know, I really do think it's going to be Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, New York Jets, Zach Wilson, which is a bust in my mind, San Francisco 49ers go Mac Jones, which is a bust in my mind. And then it gets really interesting. Um, 
the Falcons could secure up just a, an unreal offense. They could trade. They could uh, they could take a defensive player. You know, it, it it could go a lot of ways. Yeah, man, and and I, the first round of the the NFL draft, it's it's always won the longest round because they they play it out for TV, and two, it there really is just the most surprises that that could happen on the first day because it's also the biggest event the NFL has after the Super Bowl. So it's like people are going to want to make headlines. And so someone someone's going to drop and it's going to throw the whole it's going to throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. If somebody trades up, that's going to throw a monkey wrench in it. So it definitely is poised for that kind of draft. Um but it it could also just just kind of stay settled. Right. It 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 also could just be that run of the mill chalk draft where Everything that we ta- had talked about two, three months ago, that's just everybody was set, and this was all just everybody playing coy and throwing up a charade to try and throw everybody some misdirection, and and it all just especially in, especially in that top three. I mean, yeah, definitely. If if the Jets, if the Jets and the Niners really do go Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, um, I feel like that's a bad move. But if they're playing coy then they they will have kind of played everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they would have done a hell of a job doing it because, I mean, I think we're pretty much set on it shaking out this way. Yep, yep. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. I'm really excited to see where the wide receivers and pits goes and then these five quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's turn our attention now to – the hometown headlines because even though we just talked about the first round of the draft uh tyler do the seahawks have a first round draft pick yeah his name's jamal adams okay all right perfect our <laughs> the rams first round draft pick his name is uh jalen ramsey so hey there so we, we go we, so we won yes definitely. we're already winners <laughs> definitely so um tyler why don't you talk about what what you think yeah, the, so- the seahawks need and what, what their draft picks are and then I'll do so, the Rams. Yeah, so real quick, this is just a really weird year for the Seahawks draft. Uh, the franchise low for picks all time is five picks uh, in 94 and 97. This year, we only have three picks. We've got wow. We've got a, a two, a four, and a seven. Uh, I anticipate, I would, I, would, I would almost guarantee that we pick up more. John Snyder is, is ultra aggressive on draft day. Yeah. So I I see us I see us getting closer like to doubling that number like five six players. Um, now it, with the three picks, I do I think that there's really only two positions that I feel like we're we're really um, likely to draft, and that's cornerback and center. Uh, most of our interesting. We're 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 pretty locked up at most of these position groups. So with only three like if we had our normal like seven to 10 picks, I think the Seahawks tend to like upgrade every position group a little bit, but with, with only three picks, I think they need to focus on where we're, where we're weak, where we've lost, lost guys. We just lost Shaq Griffin. I I do think second round pick is a high likely of a, of a quarterback, but if we don't go corner, I hope we go center. We, we, we've traded and we've signed veterans at the garden tackle position. So, um, and the rest of the offense is solid. So, um, 
I do like uh, I do like cornerback and center. Um, and yeah, we only, we, we, we only got three picks. And then uh, how about how about my boy John Schneider finally came out today and spoke about Russell Wilson? Oh, he did. I so did that, not see that. So first time ever, and you know, on, here on the TSK show, we reported the stance that it was all kind of smoke and mirrors, and it turns out it was. You all were hell bent on that. I was, and I was right. Um, uh, John Snyder said he never he never discussed um, any of the trade offers with other teams with Russell Wilson, uh, and he said that they are in a really good place relationship wise now at this point in time. All right, that's hey, that's good to hear. Uh, for one reason one reason alone the nfl is very exciting with russell wilson as the quarterback of the seattle seahawks i think it'd be exciting no matter where he was but in that seahawks uniform i, I think that it's only right that that he he dons that that uniform yeah yeah so i think all is good all, all is good up in seattle right now all right well down here in los angeles uh, the Rams, they have six picks. They have uh, a second-round pick, two third-round picks, a fourth, a sixth, and a seventh. The The Rams, they, like I said, they don't have a first-round pick. His name is Jalen Ramsey. Um, but the Rams, they have not made a first-round pick, Tyler, since 2016 when they drafted Jared Goff, and they won't have another first-round pick until 2024 unless they mm -hmm. they trade for one between now and then so um yeah. it's, it's a good way to go honestly um the seahawks have been i think like over the last in the in the pete and john era i think they've had like five first round picks over the 10 years listen um, and the first and the first round picks are not the stars you know what i mean it, it, those guys have not been the ones to really turn up I do think that the the best the really good drafting teams crush it in the you know that second to fifth round. Yeah, and listen, I th I think realistically, what team wants to have a good first round pick unless it's been traded for? Like you don't you want to yeah. be competing for well, championships, and and this may yeah, be coming exactly. from my from my Laker fandom, but it's like I don't care how many first round picks the Rams trade if they're going out and getting a star player for that. It's like. We'll deal yeah. with the long run in the long run. Let's talk about now and let's win now. And that's the other side of it, where if you're moving your first round picks, you're probably getting, I mean, both of us are sitting here like, we got Jalen Ramsey and Jamal Adams. I mean, these are all pro defensive backs. So it's like, there's nobody on this draft board, not Trevor Lawrence, not Kyle Pitts, not Devontae Smith, right. that I would like rather have over over those guys right 100 percent. but so back to back to what the the rams needs are and tyler you mentioned cornerback and center for the seahawks with their three picks and i think the rams biggest needs are in the secondary with john johnson and troy hill leaving in free agency and then i'd also like to see them draft a center because their longtime center austin blythe left in free agency so, I mean, they have six picks. Uh, I'm assuming and expecting they'll probably draft at least three offensive or defensive linemen uh, just with it out of those six. And we'll see what the other three picks come from. Hopefully it's a cornerback or a safety, maybe two. Um, and then also I, I think a, a major concern 
for the Rams as long as they've I think been in Los Angeles really it's it's been the edge and the linebacking core so why not use one of those picks on on an uh, up and coming linebacker I would I was looking at ESPN plus uh kind of like their their predictions for for the Rams and who they think would would be at where they're picking and, and some good fits for them and some names that that were there were cornerback Aaron Robinson from uh, the University of Central Florida, cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia. Those might be good fits in the secondary for the Rams. And then uh, linebacker Baron Browning from Ohio State and linebacker Amen Ogbong-Bemiga. I'm sorry I mispronounced that. I, I, I think you nailed it. <laughs> hey, we'll go with that. But uh, – He's from Oklahoma State. I'm sorry I mispronounced your name there. Amen. Um, but those those were also named – those two guys were named as good fits uh, by ESPN Plus for the Rams also, in this year's draft. Look, also, I like the Rams looking at tight ends. Yeah, definitely. They had Jared, think, Gerald Everett leave. Um, so Yeah, I think that, that um, they, could, they could definitely take a young guy there later in the, one of those middle, middle rounds. Yeah, so it's it was just Sa- so funny. Safety to me, though, safety to me has got to be number one. Definitely, definitely, and it was it was really funny when you when you first right off the bat mentioned cornerback and center. I was like, wow, all right, the Rams also have secondary and center problems. Well, and center is a really important position. I mean, obviously, all five linemen are very important, but the center is the quarterback of the offensive line. Well, so and especially center, with a new quarterback coming to the system with with Matt Stafford. The center's the center makes all the adjustments. He makes all the calls at the line of scrimmage. Um, you have to be a pretty athletic guy to obviously snap a ball and get up to the block. So it's a it's an important position. It's it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it does carry a lot of weight in a football team. Yep. Um, and then real quick, uh, the Chargers they have um, since I guess we'll talk about Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles's other team. Uh, real quick, uh, they have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks, Tyler, this year. They have a, a first-round pick at number 13, then a second, two-thirds, a fourth, a fifth, two-sixths, and a seventh. Um, but real quick, just wanted to talk about their first-round pick at number 13. If... Penny Sewell from uh, Oregon, uh, the the offensive tackle. I saw some rumors that if if he falls out of the top ten, because uh, he's projected right now, I believe as a top ten or even a top five pick. But if if for some reason he does fall, I think the Chargers are going to try and reunite uh, Sewell with a good old second year quarterback now, Justin Herbert. So who knows what could happen there. <clears throat> That would be a steal at that pick. I think very much so, best, very much so. I think he's the best offensive lineman in the draft. Yes, so, he is. Uh, the Chargers at 13 um, and having all those picks, this team is just set to pop. They they had so many tough losses last year, but with the, with the ace at quarterback now, I just and they've had a great supporting cast, a good defense. Derwin James is coming back from injury. I, I do think that this Chargers team is set to pop if they can get something good there. Their stock is definitely, definitely rising. I I, I don't understand why uh, Sewell has dropped out of that number five spot. I think he'd be a really good pick for the Bengals. 
Yeah. I understand. I understand why that they're, they were, they're looking at wide receivers in a wide receiver heavy draft because, you know, you got to get some, some targets for Joe Burrow, but you also also need to protect him. Yeah. You need to give him time to throw the ball. So, yep. But all right. Um, you got anything else regarding the NFL draft? We we've talked, we've covered a bunch. I mean, it's like I said, this has been one of the most talked about drafts, I think in recent memory, um, especially with Trevor Lawrence being touted as the number one overall pick for God knows how long. And, and realistically, we know that urban Meyer is going to go with Trevor Lawrence at number one, but after that, who knows what can happen, Tyler? It's all a mystery to me. Yep. I'm, I'm definitely most intrigued about Atlanta and new England. Yeah. I think those are the, the two franchises. We might see some fireworks. If like you said, Tyler and other people are thinking it too. If, if the league lets Justin Fields fall into Bill Belichick's lap, it's it's not going to be good for them. Yeah, and I just saw a video today of him and Cam Newton when he was in high school. Oh, jeez. There we go. And, and Cam Newton saying that he was the best player in high school football. So Lovely. There's already a relationship there. That could be good. Well, on that note, let's, uh, let's head to NBA 3 in the key. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at you take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. So for the first topic in NBA 3 in the Key this week, we are going to combine our Lake Show Lowdown and 3 in the Key uh, because we're going to talk about Anthony Davis returning to the lineup for the Los Angeles Lakers. He returned last week at the beginning of this four-game road trip that concluded earlier this afternoon against the Wizards uh, with a loss uh, 116-107 to in Washington, D.C., the Lakers are now 36 and 26, but in Anthony Davis's first two games back from injury, he he started off kind of slow. He started seven of 29 from the field uh, against the Mavericks, uh, which were two critical losses for the Lakers because the Mavericks now own the tiebreaker, and we could possibly see a Lakers Clippers first round playoff series if the Lakers slide to the six seed. And the Clippers stay in the three seed, but we can talk about that either in a little bit or as we get closer to the playoffs once once the seedings all shake out. But back back to Anthony Davis. He he played 17 minutes in the first half and scored four points and had four rebounds and a block and a steal in the first game, which was a 115 to 110 loss. And then 28 minutes in the second game where he scored 17 points, had three rebounds, and had three assists. And that game, the Lakers lost 108-93. to He was on a minutes restriction in both of those games. And then in the third game of this four-game road trip, the Lakers won against the Orlando Magic 
and Anthony Davis did not have a minutes restriction. He played 31 minutes, scoring 18 points. He had eight rebounds, three assists, and two blocks, and a three-pointer that basically sealed the 11-point victory for the Lakers in a game where they dominated in the first quarter. Then they let the Magic score 40 points in the second quarter alone, but then they were able to hold them to only 47 points in the second second half total. And then tonight, uh, or earlier this afternoon against the Washington Wizards, he, he honestly had his best stretch uh, of time out on the floor in the in the fourth quarter uh he had 14 points in the fourth quarter against the wizards tonight and it was while he w- he was playing center so that that was nice to see it was the first time he played center uh s- since being back from injury he finished the game 50% from the field with 26 points 5 rebounds 3 steals and a block but like i said the lakers lost anthony davis he's he's been looking more and more comfortable with the more time he's spent out on the floor, but he still has some work to do for sure. And now, Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna call my shot again, um, but it's it's a little bit more educated because the there's some uh, inklings that that LeBron could potentially be coming back at the end of this week, uh, maybe against Toronto uh, or early next week, maybe against Denver on Monday. They play Toronto on Sunday, Denver on Monday. It's a it's another back-to-back that they have to to go through. But their next game after Denver's game on Monday wouldn't be until Thursday against the Clippers. So I'm thinking if he doesn't play on against Toronto, I'm thinking he's for sure playing against Denver because they'll have uh, a couple days off in between their next game against the Clippers. But I want to return, Tyler, to the conversation we had last week about the Nets and I said it was a similar situation with the Lakers, potentially. But do you think the Lakers have enough time to ramp up with LeBron and Anthony Davis back out there to get on the same page for a championship run? I do, because I think that Anthony Davis was the more important piece to get back on the court. Like, LeBron, to me, is like such a chemistry guy, mm-hmm. such a team guy, such a facilitator, that I don't think it's going to take – like really anything for him to get back into form as far as just the team goes like his wind you know sprinting game kind of game speed stuff you may see a little sluggish or or you know his minutes may not be there at first but i i do believe that the lakers are are fine when it comes to like coming into the playoffs not not necessarily as sharp as they'd like to be but because Anthony Davis and LeBron are such good teammates and such good, you know, team chemistry guys to begin with, I don't think you're going to see um, see it hurt the Lakers. Yeah, and I mean, we've said all along that when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are out on the floor playing at 100% and f- full speed and all of that for the Lakers, it makes everyone's job easier. But, yeah. I mean... To me, I'm honestly starting to get concerned with the level of effort. Like, I don't, I don't know if you had the chance to watch the game against the Wizards. I got, I got the chance to catch the majority of it while I was working earlier today, because um, there's a there's a TV in the studio that I work out of. But the effort from the Lakers today, it was almost as if it was like, all right, 
it's the fourth game of a road trip, and we know LeBron's coming back at the end of the, this week. Like, eh, who cares? I'm not okay with that. Nah, you need to go he, balls to the walls. Like, you need to play at 100% every play. Like, Montrezl Harrell is one of those guys. He's been so fascinating to watch to me for the Lakers this year, and I've I've loved his addition to the team because he is a guy that no matter if he plays one minute or he plays the full game, he is giving you 110 every possession. And it's like, I need that from everybody else, no matter who's out there, no matter if LeBron is suited up, no matter if AD is suited up, no matter what, like it needs to be that way every game. And we just haven't seen that. And you never want, you don't ever want to rely on like turning it on. You know what I mean? Like that phrase, like, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll turn it on. No, I mean the Kobe uh, and Shaq teams had that light switch that they could just turn on and off. And it was yeah, frustrating, it's, it's but not, it's it, not the easiest thing to do. But yeah, in this sense, I do think that they're they are good enough to to you know it's not what you want to see. Obviously, you want to see them going hard every game, but they do. You know, I think there is something to be told. Like they do know LeBron's coming back. They know they got AD. They know that no matter where they match up in the West, it's going to be kind of the same. Right. They believe that no matter who they match up against the West in a seven-game series, if they're 100% healthy, no one's beating them. And I, I get that. And you should have that confidence, especially if you're the Lakers uh, with and, this and team. It, well, and it's like, you know, I mean, if they came out game one sluggish, I just, with the veterans in that locker room, the guys that haven't won a ship yet, like Montrez and Schroeder. And, uh, yeah, you know you're not going to get that same performance in a game two. Exactly. So I think that they do. They have a sense of urgency that not a lot of teams have because of their mix of you know veterans, guys that have been there, guys who haven't. You know, I feel but like where was that? Kinda, but where was that sense of urgency against the Mavs and and losing two in a row against the Mavs and losing the tiebreaker to them? They really needed to. They got the split against yeah. Utah. They really needed well, to to either split well, against Dallas or beat them both times to really. Well, give themselves that, breathing room and now we're really looking at a clippers lakers first round series if if the lakers continue to slide well with dallas i mean lakers weren't 100 percent, so it's like i guess you can kind of like write that off like it's ad's first two games back the first game he looked kcp also, rusty yeah, and kcp also missed the second game with a with a sprained ankle and if that was the playoffs he probably would have played yeah like obviously i think that they tried to win those games because those are important games for seeding wise um, but also that's not the Lakers, you know, that's not the team we're going to see in the playoffs. So though, the only thing that's like concerning at all of, of all this, because I really do think that they can like put it together quicker than most teams. I would not want to play the Clippers if I was the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's probably the one team in the first round. I don't want to play hundred percent because the, the Clippers have been on, they have been like, they're 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 not there's none of this question like they're hitting playoffs at the full stride right time you know what i mean they're peaking right now um they definitely have to just, worry they definitely have to worry about some injuries and and staying healthy but i mean they they have been playing much better as of late even through the injuries well and then it's like you know they're gonna have if the if they play the lakers they're gonna have that added motivation but it's a home it's a home series for the lakers no matter what 
Yeah, well, well so okay, sorry, so I had that, to throw, that, I had to throw that in there. I had that, to. but that that's a motivating factor for them. So you know that plays into into their hands, um, and then it's like you know, Clippers can get past the first round. It's the second round they can't get past. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like it is it it is like I mean I've been I've been kind of weary of the Lakers for a minute now, just because I feel like the Nets are rolling. Um, and you know, the, the Lakers really do need to, to handle this Western conference run pretty well for me to feel confident that they're going to repeat. Oh, it's going to be a gauntlet for them in the playoffs for sure. Given, given what they're, they're doing for themselves, given this, the standings Donovan Mitchell being down is like big time for them. I think, I don't think Utah is a threat. Well, Phoenix and Utah play on Sunday. So that's, that's, I don't think, I don't think the nuggets are a threat without Jamal Murray. Yeah. Uh, now, now Phoenix is intriguing. I don't think they got enough to get it done. It's the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? So, to, so well, and let's not forget. The- let's not forget if if Portland is able to to go through the playing tournament and stay as the seven seed. Portland's just as scary as anybody, too. I mean, Dane yeah, Lillard Portland's is- just as to me. Portland is just as scary as Utah and and Denver. Yeah, definitely. You know what but- I mean, like it's it's. Um, and he, and maybe even Phoenix. Really, I think that the Lakers, if they can, if they can get past the Clippers, um, or or if the you know if they can handle the Clippers, I feel like they're they're set to get to the finals. Um, and realistically, no one wants which to is see why, Lakers Clippers in the first round. Exactly, which is why you don't <laughs> want that that setup. If people want the the drama, right? The the second round would be great because the Clippers haven't made it past the second round, so that 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 storyline would be there. Right. And then if they play in the Western Conference Finals, that's obviously a huge. Story. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. So, um, I would I I wouldn't worry about the Lakers as far as the Western Conference playoffs goes, but I would be you know a little worried that when you get to the finals, you got to be healthy, ready to go. None of these kind of questions. None of these kind of um, you know, things that we're talking about right now as far as chemistry, rotation, injuries, yada, yada, yada. Like, all that shit's got to be squared away if you want to beat the Nets. I can't wait for June to look back on this uh, this episode and just laugh when, when the Lakers win if it happens. Because, I, I, like, I've been very nonchalant about the Lakers and their approach with how AD and LeBron were out and, and all of that and them staying afloat and, and really not worrying but now that AD is back and we are coming to the finish line of the regular season and LeBron isn't back, I, I am starting to worry about the the continuity aspect because like I brought up with, with Brooklyn last week, it's it's one of the main reasons I think the Clippers lost last year was Kawhi and Paul George didn't have enough time on the court together. Also, granted, it was their first year together, and this is LeBron and AD's second year together, but there are new pieces to this team that weren't a part of the championship run last year that still need more time with LeBron and AD. So it's it's going to be a very interesting finish to to the regular season for the Lakers. Uh, I'm very optimistic that it ends on a high note uh, with the regular season and and the the playoffs, but it's it's crunch time, man, and it, we we got to strap in. It's 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 go time. No, the Lakers got to they got to get going. Um, but I ultimately think that they'll be okay. Yeah. But all right, to the other I want to say uh 
I I was going to call him a crown jewel, but lately, at least in the last 30 years. They're, the, they're, still, they're still the Mecca. I mean, it's uh, still the... Yeah, I mean Madison Square Garden's still the mecca, and to that if that gives it away, it's we're we're going to be talking about the Knicks. Um, but hey, we're going to be talking positively about the Knicks, Tyler. And and real quick, I do want to shout out my friend Gio. Uh, shout out Gio Sanchez. He he used to work with me over at iHeart. He's a he's a big time Knicks and Yankees fan, and he texted me last week after uh, the the episode last week episode 191 dropped and was like yo when are you going to talk about the knicks and this is while they were on that that uh win streak what they were on they they were on a nine game win streak that that ultimately got snapped um but he was like when are you going to talk about the knicks and i was like you know what you're right we we should talk about the knicks uh they've they've had an incredible season they're 35 and 28 they won earlier tonight they're fourth in the eastern conference they are most likely going to end up having a home playoff series at Madison Square Garden in the first round. Tyler, can you believe that? No, I can't. I, I'm, I'm super, I love this Knicks team. I, I, it's been so much to watch, so much fun to watch. Yeah. Play. I thought last last year my whole thing was I felt like last year they were a 500 team. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But I did like some of the pieces they had and the roles that they were rolling with. And it just seems to like finally have kind of come to fruition. Yeah. So that's, Tib- that's Tibbs, man. Right. So they, they hired Tom Thibodeau in the off season. Um, and now they got Julius Randall shout out the baby Laker. I'm Julius Randall was one of my favorite, favorite young Laker draft picks uh, in recent memory. He has turned into an all NBA and even potential MVP candidate. I mean, it, he's, without a doubt in my mind, at least second team all NBA. He's got an argument, I think, for first team all NBA as in, in the front court, but he's also thrown himself potentially in the MVP conversation. We we'll get to that uh in a few minutes when, when we talk about the MVP race. Um, since that's the the last three in the key segment, kind of a little uh uh preview there. But also Nick's rookie Emmanuel quickly, he's been playing very well for them, making an immediate impact. R.J. Barrett, he's playing much better now in his second year uh, now that he's got more time under his belt and, and more more games under his belt in the league. The Knicks, they they traded for Derrick Rose midseason to reunite him with Tom Thibodeau. They, they've had Taj Gibson on the team for a couple of seasons, so you got that old, gritty Chicago Bulls connection. Um, but you, you might have already answered – the question, Tyler, I, I was going to ask you, what do you think the secret to the Knicks' success has been this season? But you think it's all Tibbs? Um, yes. I mean, you, you obviously, I can't say 100%. I think, obviously, it has something to do with young players progressing. Yeah, the, Randall the taking RJ. that step to to where he's at now. It's but, but what I will say about R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall specifically when it comes to Thibodeau, is they are the top two players in the NBA with minutes played. Yes. That is always a concern with Tom Thibodeau teams. That's that's Thibodeau's thing. I mean, you remember Jimmy Butler was playing fucking 45 minutes a game. Um, That's what he does. Uh, He puts his best players on the court. He leaves them there. So uh, I think that that's why you got kind of like – you got like three years of progression in like one year. You know, it's, it's just they made huge leaps and bounds. So, you know, but also it's like once 
and this is how I, I, I used to work with a Knicks fan, and and this is why <laughs> I was trying to sell sell him on. It was like when you have a star player like Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett come and and become you know kind of fulfill their potential, just like we said with Aunt LeBron, everybody else's jobs get easier. You yeah, know I mean, all of a sudden Reggie Bullock is more open on the three point line. Nerland's Noel, all he has to do is clean up the glass and, and block shots. And and Derek Rose can come off the bench. Emmanuel quickly can come off the bench and, and score with the second unit. Everything works better when you have something to center it all around. Like Julius Randle is the playmaker. RJ Barrett is a, a rising star on the perimeter, a long, lengthy star. Uh, this Knicks team is good, and they're going to be good you know, for the next couple of years. Julius Randle right now is leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, it's unbelievable to see his development. He's shooting I, – I think he's shooting over 40% from three this season too. That might, that might be a little high. I might have been a little generous. I'm trying to pull his stats no, up real but, quick. No, but I, I'm, I'm sure it's close. I mean, he's 24-10-6 and six right now. It's monster numbers. No, he's shooting 41.8% um, from three this year. But the guy – you know, the guys that I really like this year with them is, is the – the Emmanuel quickly is the Derek Roses, the Nerland Noels, the Alfred yep. Paytons, the Reggie Bullocks. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's hurt, but he's another promising young guy. The only, really, the only like disappointments on the team is I would say Obi Toppin and Kevin Knox have kind of, yeah, they haven't they haven't had that same jump that that RJ had this year, Julius had last year, and again this year. Um, but I mean if if you're not if you're not playing well you don't play for tibs and that's kind of that's how they've kind of been able to hide obi toppins kind of slow start kevin yeah. Knox is kind of plateaued but yeah the knicks are the knicks are for real and i think they've got a real shot of winning a, a winning a playoff series well i mean could you even imagine a knicks nets playoff series if it somehow works out that way I could definitely see it being a second round matchup. If the yeah. Knicks are four, if the Knicks are in the four or five seed, I like Brooklyn. Um, I think they're obviously going to win the the their first round matchup. I think that they'll be able to hold off for that number one spot. So we could easily have a uh, you know a Knicks Nets second round. We could have a Clippers Lakers first round. A Clippers <laughs> Lakers second round. It, it it could be really interesting this year. And the league is better off with those four teams rolling. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, I mean, that's an NBA ratings, like, wet dream almost if, if those matchups happen. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's going to be – it's going to be fun. And, listen, it's always good when the Knicks are good. It's always good when the Lakers are good, when the Celtics are good, when you have these big market franchises on the upswing, it only means good things for the rest of the league because at the end of the day, it's a business and there's revenue sharing involved. So it's going to be fun to watch. I, 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 uh, I anticipate a Brooklyn Nets Lakers, uh, finals. I think it's on a crash course. Um, but I'm not going to sleep on teams like the Clippers, the Sixers, the Bucks. Yeah. But all right. I, I mentioned Julius Randle playing at a potential MVP candidate level. Um, and interestingly enough, Tyler, we, we talked about it with the NFL draft already tonight. 
being one of the most highly talked about and highly contested debates in recent memory. But I also feel like this year's NBA MVP race has been one of the most highly contested debates in recent memory for MVP. Now, originally, I think it was a three-way, a three-way race between LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. But then injuries really came into play, especially with LeBron and Embiid. But Embiid is back, and Braun is going to be back soon. But I think he's missed too much time uh, already. So I don't think LeBron wins it this year anymore. Um, but there are always other players that get named as having MVP quality seasons, even if they aren't legit candidates to the actual people that physically vote for MVP. But in that frame of mind, guys like Julius Randle and Chris Paul come to mind with what they've been able to do with bringing their teams back to prominence. Randle also has the stats, I think, to back it up more than CP3 does. But realistically, if you look at the Suns team last year and compare them to this year, and I think it's minus Jay Crowder. The the only difference is Chris Paul. And I don't know what spells MVP other than that, if if that type of like given that type of rejuvenation for, for a franchise. And there's no one on the jazz that I think is deserving of MVP. I'm I'm so intrigued, Tyler, to yeah to see who find I, to, to, to see who finally gets awarded this year's MVP that I can't even predict yeah. who it's gonna be. Yeah, so I think this year is different because the years that it's like you don't know who it's going to be is typically like two guys, right? You know what I mean, like it's it's going to be it's going to be Giannis or LeBron, you know, like, like the last two I years. Think, yeah, I think that that's typically this one is this may be other than yeah, honestly, I don't even know if 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 I've ever seen a race like this because. You know, I, I think it's going to be really hard to give it to a center uh, with Embiid and Jokic, I think, being the two top favorites. Right, but it's um, like Jokic I think it's tough just to played, give it to a center. Jokic I, has I, I played really more do. time than Embiid, but Jokic's team is in fourth and Embiid's team is in second. Yeah, so this is where, you know, I hope that guys like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, um cp3 and and julius randall like you said i think this is the year where these guys have to be given a chance but you know it really is i mean brooklyn's guys kind of all the brooklyn guys kind of canceled each other out and they have they've only played seven games together couple it with injury so it's like i thought harden was going to end up winning it this year um it's not going to be a brooklyn net guy then you move down you got you got Embiid. i think Embiid's clearly ahead of like Giannis yeah I don't think Giannis is really in the conversation not this year and then and now you're at New York at the fourth spot so really in the east like after after Embiid it, it really might be Julius Randle which is crazy yeah and then it's like in the west like you said Utah doesn't have a guy Phoenix's guy is kind of a an anomaly you're we're right. really giving him Chris MVP Paul if you give of, it it's a it's a legacy award if you give it to Chris Paul this year well, it's and it's a win column award. It's like you're you're. It's not necessarily his individual stats. It's like right. This dude, this dude, took the wins and loss column and switched it. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of like, 
I mean, instead of being 18 and 43, they're 43 and 18. Right. They're like a, I think uh, they're like a plus 25 or whatever in terms yeah. of wins and the, losses from last year to this year. The Clippers don't have anybody uh, similar to Brooklyn. I think that their guys kind of cancel each other out. Right. Aunt and Bra- Aunt Braun have been her. I don't think Luca. I don't think Luca affects his team like no. Lillard and and Curry. Luca. The only way Luca was winning MVP this year is if he had Dallas and I think the top two. So it's like you know the the in the top two teams in each conference. No, I mean top, just top two West, you, top two in the West. No. No, yeah, so it's like it really is tough. I mean, but how I didn't can think but like you brought up Steph Curry, winner, but... you brought up Steph Curry, and they're at five hundred. It's like, eh. But I also understand it's like they're missing Clay Thompson, and he's like Playing Steph Curry is their control. team, right? And he went on the streak earlier. But it's like you also look at games like they had last night, and it's just like that. Yeah. No, but but it's like Russell Westbrook won it as a seventh seed, you know. Well, he averaged it, a triple double for the first time in a season since Oscar Robertson did it. Yeah, so but I'm just saying there is a precedent for it. Uh, I I think that's I mean, a little it's, different. It's Russell be... Westbrook's triple double MVP is a little bit different if than if Steph Curry were to win it this year, Tyler. It's a little different. That's a lot different because, uh, because the stats are there. Uh, but I mean. Yeah, it's just, you know, those are just kind of the names I feel like they're being thrown around. And I think it's going to end up coming down to Jokic or Embiid. And if that's the case, I got to give it to Embiid. Yeah, because I don't, well, oh, ah, that's so hard because it's then Jokic has literally played, I think, almost like 15 more games than Embiid this year. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just don't think that that can be the only thing you attest to it. Obviously, that this Denver team needs more than just Jokic. You know well, what I'm saying? Philly's forty-one and twenty-one, and Denver's forty and twenty-one. So they're basically yep. identical records. Yeah, I just, I mean, thirty and thirteen. You know, this is Shaq type numbers. No, I know. Trust me. Trust me. So, I mean, if I had to pick one today, it'd be Joel Embiid. Honestly, and. The first thing I thought of when you said that, and you said Shaq numbers and and all of that, I immediately also went to defense. Like, Jokic isn't as good of a defender as Embiid is, and Embiid is one of the the best, I think, defensive big men in the league. Oh, absolutely, and 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 I would still take Embiid over Jokic. Like, I I do yeah. believe that Embiid's the best center in the game. So. Uh, it's a weird year, you know, like whoever wins it, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to feel as good as years before, but the, whoever wins, it's going to be deserving. Yeah, definitely. But all right. Uh, that about wraps it up. You got anything else NBA wise you got to get off your chest, Tyler? Yeah. So I just wanted to shout out really quick because I think this team has been unfairly criticized. Um, and it's been, it's been a rough year. I want to shout out the Toronto Raptors really quick. They've been playing <laughs> okay. in the state of Florida all year. It's it's I think, you know, it's easy to kind of to kind of like tear them apart because they're not winning games. They're out of the playoffs. You know, they lost Kawhi. Well, they kind of fallen they, off the face of the earth here, Tyler. They've fallen off, but but I but what I'm gonna defend, I think that they're a playoff team in normal circumstances. So 
they're definitely a playing team in 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 most circumstances. You got to give it to the team, man. They they've they've been playing. They played seventy two away games. They year. still they still have a chance to sneak in to the playing game. They're they're only two games yeah. out of the ten seed, but Washington has been on a tear. I think they've won nine out of their last ten. Yeah, I I don't think that they're gonna make it, but I just I just of all the things with NBA getting off my chest, I hadn't said this in a <laughs> while, but I just find it I find it it's tough. I feel like it's unfair. No, you had to air to grievance. criticize the Toronto. I, I feel like it's unfair to criticize the Raptors this year to have to play every single game in a different stadium is a complete disadvantage. Yeah, and I mean, listen, that's all because their government said uh, we don't want NBA teams flying in and out of Toronto. Yeah, so it was completely out of their their control. Um, these guys are away from their homes, some of them. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a bad deal for the Raptors. They got they definitely got shafted this year. Yeah, but all right, you got any other shout outs before we get out of here? Yeah, so uh, my shout out. I want to shout out uh, my boy Rex Chapman. He's a Twitter legend. He's also a '90s basketball legend. Um, he's starting a new podcast called Charges with rex chapman it's going to be a podcast about players run-ins with the law he himself has had his run-ins with the law and he's completely kind of changed his life around and is now a big advocate you know to kind of talk about these things um and i just i just really respect the guy i had the chance of meeting this guy a couple times and talking basketball with him um he's just a really good really good dude and uh i think this podcast is going to be a really good opportunity for some of these athletes that have been kind of labeled these certain things to tell their side of the story definitely definitely and then uh, my shout out is to russell westbrook he only needs six more triple doubles to pass oscar robertson for the most triple doubles all time in nba history after recording another triple double tonight against the lakers i think he's on pace again to average another triple double tyler he is <laughs> yeah, and see that so it's like you know unreal I, fe- I i feel like it's it's he's gotten shafted in his mvps you know i think the one that went to harden should have went to him yeah you know uh, i think one of the ones he did that, it, i mean he did it three years in a row so yeah, it's like i mean it's it's we got fatigued from it you yeah know, we've seen it and now we're taking it for granted he's averaging 21.8 11 and 11 unreal Russell's the man, one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, completely undervalued and and disrespected in a lot of ways. Definitely, and he 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 went off about that uh, earlier this week, uh, post game, and he and there was, just, was and there was no lie in anything no. he said. I mean, he is completely right. Yeah, um, I tweeted I tweeted during the Laker game today. I was like, I don't like just watching it. I I don't care what anybody says. Like, I will always be fascinated with, uh, and root for Russell Westbrook. Like he is one of the most dynamic NBA players I've ever seen. And I've been a fan of his since he was at UCLA and being a SoCal kid. And it was like the, the trajectory he was on coming out of UCLA. No one saw this coming, but him. And I'm so glad yeah. that no, I, I remember the Seattle supersonics drafted him at four. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like yeah. he wasn't even the best player on his team. Everybody, yeah. everybody that was UCLA fans back then was like, he is not ready for the NBA. And then he gets picked fourth overall. And we were like, what the hell? Yep. Yep. And, and also, you know, I think that I, I have a really 
I have a hard time listening to people when, you know, people have really good stats, but they're not necessarily winning championships. Like if you have a really good stats and you're in the playoffs, I'm talking the mellows, the Iversons, like it's not their fault. You know what yeah. I mean? All the time. It's like, Oh, they're the star player. They didn't win championships. No, there's other, ex- them. it's like, it's like, not nah, they're the, the one thing it's not like, you right. Know they're I mean? doing like their if, job. Nobody else is doing theirs. Exactly. Like you can't tell me that Russell Wilson isn't or Russell Westbrook, sorry, is, uh, uh, isn't a, a top tier valuable player. I mean, I want him on my basketball team. If I, if I'm in the NBA, there's nothing that makes me feel like his style of play equals losses or equals no chance at a title. It just, right. I just, I refuse to believe that without a doubt. Um, and then unfortunately there's really no other way to transition to this. Um, we didn't get to talk about it because we recorded the night prior, but um, we just want to say rest in peace to Terrence Clark, the uh, freshman from Kentucky. He he was involved in a car accident here in Los Angeles, actually uh, in the San Fernando Valley at a, at an intersection. I've been uh, I've been through countless times in my life, Tyler. I don't know if you knew what intersection had happened, but it was at Winneka and Nordoff um yeah yeah that's right that's right in the neck of the woods yeah so that's that's right in the heart of the san fernando valley where where i've i grew up and i guess he was out here working out uh i'm assuming or or something like that brandon boston i'm sure yeah he was he brandon boston was in the car behind him um but uh luckily brandon was okay uh he wasn't in an accident but um no this is a huge tragedy i mean it's it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about that family. You got to assume that this family, you know, all but all but had the money. You know that it, their mindset. This kid was the meal ticket. He was the way out. Uh, they're from Boston. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this was their way out of Boston. This kid was going to change his family's life for generations. And you got to assume they just all they were all ready for it. You know what I mean? They were like counting their counting their chickens before you know the eggs hatch type of scenario yeah uh which is just like makes me sick um and and this kid this kid was a stud like i said he did everything he could he he got himself out of boston he you know he got he got himself into uh you know one of the best players in the country in mcdonald's all-american kentucky you know blue-blooded school a one and done he's gonna be a first-round draft pick this kid was a stud yeah um all, all through and through, you know, I've been following Terrence Clark since he was a sophomore in high school. Um, just, just, just sad to lose a young, young, talented, promising kid like that. Yeah. He was growing up in Boston. He, and being a Hooper, he, he was able to to form a relationship actually with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, and he, he had worked out with them multiple, multiple times. Um, so I hope that the, the NBA figures out a way to to kind of oh make, he's gonna I I bet you he's an honorary draft pick yeah like they did for Isaiah Austin out of yeah. uh, Baylor when he he found out he had a I believe it was a heart thing and he he couldn't play then, basketball anymore and the, the NBA and honorarily ass- drafted him and I assume like I don't obviously I can't prove this but I I, I assume that you know guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown I feel like the players are gonna the NBA 
community as a whole will probably end up helping that family out yeah for sure i'm i'm i think it won't be to the extent of what it would have been if he was getting his own money and it won't fill that void of losing their boy yeah but uh i do feel like the nba is going to take care of him yeah in some way or another yeah and i I think john calipari as well will be will be a part of that yeah exactly so um it's 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 a horrible tragedy there's no other way to sugarcoat it but yeah um i i do think the basketball community is a good one and they take care of their peeps definitely so rest in peace to terrence clark with that that wraps up this episode of the sports kingdom show for tyler pacholke i am eric the duke of sports sklar be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iheart radio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow us at the Duke of sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.